1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will introduce us to Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13, where we will camp for two consecutive weeks. Can you imagine what it would be like if Jesus came to you personally and told you he was granting you temporary use of his divine power to heal people of any infirmity upon a touch or a word? and granting you his authority over demons such that you could command them to depart and leave people alone in any situation. What would it be like to put that kind of power and authority into practice as you travel the country spreading the gospel? What would the healing look like? What would the spiritual authority look like? How would people respond And considering what that must have looked like when the disciples were deployed in all directions with Jesus' power and authority, who can we point to today that performs in the same way? Anyone? These are only samples of important questions we might ask about this passage, and the important answers it offers are the focus this week. Here's today's slice of the message entitled Apostles Boot Camp Part 1.
0: It's our privilege to uh, come back to the Gospel according to Mark this morning, and we come to a passage that gives us a a unique opportunity. And so I'm going to take this passage in at least a couple of installments, and I'm going to do it in uh, sort of two parallel teachings at once, if you will. Uh, On the one hand... I want to show you what this passage says and teach it to you in its context. On the other hand, I want to use this passage as an example to help you learn how to apply passages in the Bible which are not addressed directly to you. You'll see what I mean. We have here this historical incident from the life of Jesus and in this event There are several commands. Normally, you would say, Lord, I I want to be faithful to you. I want to obey you, so the more specific instruction I can get, the better. But there's a problem. The specific instructions in this passage are very specific, but they're not addressed to you. This is not in the context of a, of a public discourse like the Sermon on the Mount. It's not a general set of instructions. It's not something that is written to the churches for all of us to see and to know. This is a very specific set of instructions that Jesus gave to only 12 people, uh, the 12 apostles, of course. And they have to do, even for them, with only a, a short period of time. So the difficulty lies in learning how to take things like this from the Bible and learn how to apply what you're supposed to apply to your life today. Uh, you love to hear people on uh, Fourth of July and other things, quote Second Chronicles seven fourteen: If my people that are called by my name humble themselves and pray, uh, I will heal their land. That has absolutely not one shred of anything to do with the United States of America. Nothing. It's not to you. It's not addressed to you. So how do you take something like that and learn from it something that you can? rightly apply. Well, I'm not going to 2 Chronicles 7.14, but I want, to, I want to help you catch on to this concept. Now, there are extreme examples of things to avoid. On one end of the spectrum is that the idea that uh, since Jesus was speaking only to the apostles, this passage has no personal application to you at all. Jesus told them, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. How many of you did that this week? None of you. Those are miraculous powers you don't have. And since we don't have those miraculous abilities, some people conclude that this text is here only as sort of background information to tell us what happened historically, and there's no application for you and me, and that's wrong. Uh, it, it ignores what we know in one of the most famous passages in all the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all Scripture, including the passage before us this morning, is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that we might be equipped to do every good work. So, uh, we know that this text is profitable We know that it is here for our teaching and for our reproof and for our correction and for our training. So there's got to be something here. Now, there's another extreme to avoid. That's the thinking of people who are usually associated with um, charismatic theology who reason from misapplying a text something quite different. The text they misapply is Hebrews 13.8. Taking it out of context, that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, that's true. But the twisted application is that people say that, well, whatever Jesus did in the days of His ministry, He still does exactly the very same things today. And so in that erroneous thinking, if Jesus did miracles during His earthly ministry, then there are miracles today in the church just as there were When Jesus did them, or when the apostles did them, as we've read recently in the book of Acts. And those who follow that kind of reasoning fail to pay attention to many principles of Bible interpretation. Just because there's a command in the Bible does not mean that that command applies directly to you. So, in tandem with helping you understand what this passage says and about what Jesus did with the twelve, I want to help you sort out how to, in general, make personal applications from uh, this passage. Somewhere between ignoring it and trying to do things you can't do, um, there is appropriate personal teaching, reproof, and correction that you might be trained in righteousness. When you come to a command in the Bible, and there are, I don't know how many, hundreds and hundreds, you need to discern whether it's a universal command or a specific command. Let me show you what I mean. Uh, In the Gospel of Matthew, pick two commands directly from the lips of Jesus. One of them is in Matthew 26, verse 18. And He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Now, does that mean that whenever you're driving down the interstate, you see a sign for a city, you must go into that city, go up to a stranger's door, knock on the door, and say, I'm coming over for lunch, and I'm bringing my friends. Well, obviously, that would be absurd. That's a personal command. It has to do with one event. It's never repeated in any other circumstance. So it would make no sense to take that as a general moral guideline. But you read on in Matthew, same gospel, same Jesus. He says just two chapters later in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, How do we tell that that command is universal? Well, it specifically says all the nations. It's not addressed to just one point in time. Rather, it is open-ended, and it says right in that context that it's actually a command that is in force until the end of the age. And you have those same ideas of making disciples and teaching and baptizing. Those are repeated in many places and in many ways elsewhere in the New Testament. So when you come to a passage like the one that we're going to dive into this morning, you need to learn how to properly understand and apply something which is specific and not universal, but you know it's here for your teaching. Now, Here's a principle in a nutshell, and to many of you that have been around for a while, I know this sounds like a broken record to you that are too young. Records are things that we used to have that could be broken, and they would keep skipping and repeating the same thing over and over again. Um, Here's a general principle. When you come to a passage of the Bible, your first order of business is to discover the meaning of the passage. Find the correct interpretation. What is the correct interpretation of any passage of the Bible? It is this. What did the original writer mean for the original readers to understand by what he wrote? In that language, in that culture, in that context, in that time, for that purpose, that person had one thing in mind. That's the interpretation of the passage. There is one and Only one correct interpretation of every passage of the Bible. You say, oh, there's lots of interpretations. Yeah, there are. All but one of them are wrong. It's only what God inspired that writer to write to those people in that time. But that's not the end of it. Once you understand what that writer meant for those people to understand, then you need to look for principles which are derived from that interpretation. A principle is a timeless truth. It's not tied to just one place and one time. Uh, it's, it's a timeless truth which is always relevant. Principles will always be directly related to the character of God, the consistency of God, the morality and truth that He has revealed in the Bible. So once you know the interpretation, you start looking for principles, and there may be one, there may be two, there may be more, but you discover the principles that come out of the interpretation of the text. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.